Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back to Straight Outta Marvel, episode 65. It's your host, Kevin27, keeping the motherfucking show going because the show must go on. And today we got top 10 moments from Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. And I got to say, very excited to get let you guys know like my top 10 of the movie and also just was really happy to revisit this movie again because it was so great honestly i really love shang chi um i I think i said it was my second favorite marvel movie of the year of 2021 so i was definitely happy to revisit it again and actually look through and break down some stuff so here is my top 10 of shang chi Number 10, Auntie Nan. Come on, man. Auntie Nan was a moment of her own. I really love what she brought to the table. I mean, I just think it's important to highlight the importance that Auntie Nan brought to the movie in such a short amount of time. The confidence she gives Shang-Chi while teaching him the Talo fighting style and also, you know, giving uh, Zha Ling the confidence to say, hey, you can train with the rest of the guys and the women. You, you're you not at your father's home anymore. You know, you, you're not in Kansas anymore, looking ass. But, you know, you're not in your father's home anymore. You can do what you want to do here, train. And this was a little foreshadowing to what we will see from the future with Jalene when we talk about that post-credit scene with her now running the Ten Rings organization. And you see men and women alike outside training because that is how it should be no one is more important than the other number nine you changed your name from shang to sean (laughs) i love that part so after everything that happens on a bus with katie and shang chi shang chi decides he needs to fly to macau to see macaque you know, <laughs> to see his sister and katie insists she tags along so clingy i say <laughs> so on the plane he's telling her his whole backstory about his family before he's interrupted for beef or vegetarian but when he decides to come clean to katie about his name change not being sean and it's really shang chi katie clowns him in the funniest way possible and i honestly i really love this part because I say it all the time. Like sometimes I'll just be chilling. I'll be like, Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi. Shang. Shang. And when she said, wait, you change your name from Sean to Sean. Oh my God, bro. That part gets me every time. I'm always laughing hysterically, especially when she said, that's like your name is like Gina. You change your name to Gina. <laughs> I thought that was hella funny. Um, it's like my name being Kevin, and I say, Hi, I'm Kevin. <laughs> or I say, They'd be like, Oh, what's your name? And I'm like, Kevon. 
Hey, what would be your name change? <laughs> oh my God. I'm trying to think of some more good ones. She said that's like my name, Michael, and I'm saying my name is Michael. That was actually that was funny too. I'm trying to think of some other ones. Um, Elizabeth, and you go by Liza. <laughs> I guess that's a little more uh I mean, at least it's a little different. Um, I really love that part though. That shit is hella funny. And I just love that whole little whole team that uh I said hotel, that whole airplane scene when she was like uh uh, so you take the beef yes and take the beef because that's all you have like <laughs> aquafina was hella funny in this whole movie i really loved aquafina in this movie number eight the beautiful world of talo now while i don't think it's as impressive as my first time seeing wakanda wakanda forever talo is no slouch I mean, between the white foxes with six tails, and I'm just being, I think I'm over-exaggerating, and the glitter horses, this is beautiful world building. Then we get to meet the Talo warriors and Auntie Nan. Just a beautiful moment and another great way to step away from all the action in the movie. Plus, we get confirmation that Talo is in a different universe when she was actually telling the backstory of the soul suckers, uh, soul suckers, and said they tried to go to your universe. She didn't say our universe. She said your universe. And uh, we get lots of backstories, and um, provided here along with the Great Protector. And we get to know about the Great Protector and how the Great Protector actually saved the city, or I don't know if it's a city or whatever, but Talo. And I thought it was pretty good. And again. You already know how I'm feeling about Auntie Nan. So I got Auntie Nan in it. Come on, man. Come on, man. And just the animals were so, like, the animals I felt like were so unique. Like Morris, seeing the little Morris family with no faces, look like pig. I don't know what the hell that shit is. Well, she said pig chickens. <laughs> um, I thought it was very well. I thought it looked very good. I like the world building. And I hope we can get back to Talo and then uh, Shang-Chi too, because you know they're coming with the sequel for Shang-Chi too. Number seven, the reintroduction of Trevor Slattery. <laughs> so after so many angry fans when it comes to the Mandarin reveal in Iron Man 3, Marvel decided to bring back the controversial character and let the personality shine to the point where most people did a complete 180, and actually, Trevor is like a beloved character now. Trevor Slattery, the actor from Liverpool, <laughs> just so good, and we actually breaks down that he was pretty much framed for being a Mandarin. was a nice way to clean that up. Honestly, if you're asking me, I don't think he should have been arrested if he just thought he was playing a role and was fed drugs to keep him out of the loop. Regardless, really glad he came back for this film and was comedic gold. Plus, we get the introduction of Morris. But what do you guys think about that? Because for some reason, when I was watching Iron Man 3, that didn't click. I just thought he was just a like a bozo dummy. But when he actually breaks it down that he auditioned for a role and the dude said he was a director from the BBC, turns out he was just a terrorist. He was manipulated. So why did he go to jail for that? He just thought he was an actor. 
or he's an actor and he just thought he was, you know, providing uh, acting. I don't think Trevor Slattery, man, actually intended. Well, clearly he didn't intend on becoming a famous drug lord or whatever the hell you call the Mandarin, a terrorist, um, a dictator type of thing. That's not where he was going for. So, I mean, to me, it just makes Iron Man 3 even better. I've always loved Iron Man 3. It just makes that movie even better. And I really feel like when you t- look at it from that perspective, you gotta you gotta love the angle that Marvel took in Iron Man 3 because it led us to Shang-Chi. And I really appreciate it. I really thought that was dope. And again. I hope we see more Trevor Slattery. I don't know if it's in Shang-Chi 2 or if we ever see Trevor Slattery again, but I'm hoping that he returns. Very great character. Glad to see him back and glad to see that, you know, he had a little redemption. He had a little redemption arc in the story of Marvel, and it's great to see. Number six, the scaffolding escape. So after the great fight between brother and sister, Shang-Chi tells Jaylene or Jaylene that dad is coming for her pendant. And she tells Katie how Shang-Chi abandoned her and how she built this place on her own independent style. Don't give a fuck about no nigga. Didn't need you then. Don't need you now. Shang-Chi tells her, well, why'd you send this postcard? And boom, explosions go off as it was a setup to find the sister by Win Wu. And of course, Zhang Li ditches Shang-Chi and Katie for a little bit of payback, just so he know how it feels. And they have no other option but to jump out the window and escape on a scaffolding. Another beautiful shot and great stunt coordination. Also, we get the first brother-sister team up as Jalene comes through clutch, saving Katie from falling to her doom. Now, if you guys heard the, uh, we actually did a watch party and an instant reaction. So I'm pretty sure I said this before, but definitely uh, Rush Hour 2 vibes, especially when um, Katie is falling on the, it looks like, I'm going to just say it's bamboo just because of Rush Hour 2. But I really love that part. And the action is just chef's kiss. Honestly, the action in this whole film is nothing to sneeze at. Ah, it's just so nice and refreshing. I mean, it's clearly the best fighting in the MCU, clearly. Even more than any Spider-Man film, any Marvel film, Shang-Chi has the best fight scenes. And it's you, you're going to see with the top five, like most of them is fight scenes because the fight scenes in this movie were fucking delivered perfectly. And not only were they delivered perfectly, they actually hit you with the bit, the emotion to it as well. So when you're talking about the scaffolding scene, I love how Shang-Chi is just whooping ass, taking names, and then you see Katie falling down and he makes his way to get her and even when he gets her she still falls down again marvel has something where they love women falling off of cliffs but this time she didn't splat to her death like nat and gamora she was saved by jaling and y'all know jaling my marvel boot my marvel boot thing so i really really enjoy that part of the movie 
um and of course that fight leads to him fighting his uh what would you say sifu uh sifu <laughs> i hope i said that right but pretty much fighting the dude who trained him all his life beating his ass slicing his face up and now shang chi gets a one-on-one with old boy and shang chi took the w and was about to kill his ass before uh papa Wu came through with the 10 rings and stopped him so again the scaffolding escape one of my favorite scenes in the show wasn't a top five scene or top five moment but still top 10 and that's good still good enough to be on my list Number five, Wen Wu meets Ying Li. So after we see that Wen Wu had conquered so many centuries with the power of the Ten Rings, but it was a place he didn't conquer, and that was Tai Lo. So after his buddies are murdered by the force, he's the last one left. Unfazed by this, he meets Ying Li and tells her to point him in the direction, but she points him in the direction of an ass kicking. He's like, you know who I am. She was like, I don't give a damn. And whoops his ass. And with him being so dominating, it actually made him fall in love while getting his ass beat for the first time in forever. And by a woman as beautiful as Ying Li, I might add. I mean, come on now. Come on, fellas. You know you putting them 10 rings away for Ying Li. She's bad. I don't care if you... If you like, oh, I ain't into Asian chicks, bro. I don't care. Objectively, you could look at Ying Li and see she's beautiful and see why after, what, hundreds of years? Yo, the Mandarin was like, yo, this the one. Just think about that. After hundreds of years, he couldn't find the one until he saw Ying Li, and that's what made him put the rings away. I mean, so crazy. So crazy. Great shots by director Destin Cretton or Cretton, not sure. Give me, uh, you know, uh, what was that? Hayden Crouch or the Crouching Tiger vibes. And I just love that shit. Mixed with a little bit of Last Airbender. Win Woo, certified lover boy. Yo, he was like, he was sprung off the beginning. I'm sprung. How she get me? She be whooping my ass. <laughs> Anyways, I know she whooped his ass and he was sprung instantly. Uh, and I think it was hidden. I think it was hidden tiger. No, what was it called? Oh, it's called Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. That's what that movie was called. Okay. Just had to get that out. I was going to fuck with me the rest of the show. And I also love the foreshadowing with the rings turning gold when they're in Ying Li's possession. Just like later on when Shang-Chi had them, it's that positive energy that she has. And when Wu got a lot of pent up negative energy because his whole thing is taking over and Ying Li's whole thing is protection. So he's dominant and she's a protector. So the energies are, you know, they don't add up. But all that all that being said she was falling in love with him too which i did think was a little forced because i get it from win woo's perspective and let's they did it's not like they got together right then and there so let's not say that but i mean this dude is coming to do damage to your crib and you fall in love with him i get it but she left her whole she left her family 
she left her kingdom everything for win woo but i mean clearly he was the one they had two kids but he was also her downfall because eventually she ends up being murdered so when you look at it from that perspective you got to say was it worth it well for her she had two beautiful children and i mean she got to meet the love of her life they got married and that's the that's the dream right that's the dream that we've all been sold in life you grow up, you get married, you have kids, and that's the beautiful life. Well, she got to have that with Win Woo. So you can't say that it was a bad decision that she made because she got to have kids and, you know, do all the fun shit. I mean, they was playing Dance Dance Revolution. How fun is that? So, uh, yeah, Win Woo meets Ying Lee, number five. Number four, Shang-Chi versus Zha Ling. Now, if seeing Wong, the Sorcerer Supreme, now that we know since seeing Spider-Man home, fighting Abomination in some shady underground establishment wasn't enough to get your rocks off, we got some brother-on-sister violence. Again, the fight choreography is just amazing throughout the whole film, but really in this scene. You can see the pain in Xia Ling's face with every blow, and she is just so badass. <sighs> Even with Shang-Chi telling her, yo, dad is coming for you. They got my necklace. She has a memory of Shang-Chi lying to her as a kid, saying he's coming back in three days, which I thought Shang-Chi was an asshole. Even then when she was like, yo, you know when I'm doing my forms, I think about mom. Like, do you ever think about her? He was like, nah, mom's dead. Stop talking to me about that shit. So I understand why a swift kick to the jaw was necessary. And I totally agree with Jalene. I totally agree. Swift kick to the fucking jaw, knocked his ass right on the floor. Now, I wonder, because he was pulling his punches, holding back, seemed like she was going full throttle. I wonder if Jalin and Shang-Chi actually fought who would win or who would win. But clearly, Jalin could hold her own. She knocked down a brick wall. So she, you know, she got it. And we know uh, people who study martial arts and all of this shit, they know the secrets, the pinpoint places to hit you. So, I mean, when you look at it from that perspective, I'm still thinking that Shang-Chi would take the W, but I don't know, man. I think it, I don't know, man. If if we judging off that fight, clearly, uh, Jaling took the W and she took the W pretty easily whooping his ass but he did have a hit to the face but he didn't take it and she was like bitch and whoop that ass whoop that ass so i don't know man i really love that scene though i really love that scene kicked his ass right in the jaw you just got kicked in your jaw <laughs> all right number three the bus scene now, we all knew from the trailers this scene would be amazing, but it was more than what it was led on to be. This was the perfect introduction to Shang-Chi's fighting skill, uh, his fighting skill set, and also we see what Katie can do on a downhill rampage. Nice fight between him and Razor Fist's goons, and just when you thought Shang-Chi won the fight, he actually lost the fight. Because Razorfish snatched his chain like a rapper getting caught lacking on tour. Also, nice to see 
that they brought Clev back, who plays a big role in the scene, actually, with recording the fight. And what's up with the bus driver, man? Like, every time I watch this movie, it's like, why is the bus driver steady driving downhill? Why wouldn't you stop the bus? Like, yo, everybody off the bus. Why would he just keep driving? It makes absolutely zero sense. Take it from a person that takes the bus. If someone starts fighting on the bus, they are not just going to keep driving the bus like nothing is happening. They will stop the damn bus. It's cameras all over the bus. They would not just be sitting there with their earphones in, banging fucking uh, pina colada all day. That's not what's going to happen. So uh, I kind of hate that part with the bus driver. But other than that, the scene was amazing. And especially we got to see what Shang-Chi could do for the first time. And it was so, so, so badass. Uh, I don't really mention for Katie getting her head slammed against the <laughs> against the window. That shit was kind of funny. I can't even lie. Uh, the scene was great, though. I mean, what else? What else could you say about it? And they, they gave us like three fights. They gave us like the first initial fight. And then they give us another fight. And then they give us the fight in the tunnel. It was just like, bruh. And Shang-Chi knocking motherfuckers out the window, going super ham sandwiches. I mean, what else could you ask for? I mean, seriously, I fucking loved it. It was so good. I would listen to that or I would watch. I honestly want to watch it again right now. Shout out to Disney Plus, man. Shout out to Disney Plus. Number Two, we getting to the top. We getting to the top. Shang Chi versus Win Wu. Now this was hard. I didn't know if I wanted this number one or if I wanted this number two, but I'm sticking with it as number two. And only why? Because number one is just I just love number one. But Shang Chi versus Win Wu. The film is littered with action and family on family turmoil. So, of course, it wouldn't end without father and son clashing. Now, the fight starts off strong in Shang-Chi's favor, but then he's knocked into the water after saying, yo, if mom was alive, she wouldn't want to be with your stinky ass anyways. And you know that's the wrong thing to say to a certified lover, boy. Ultimately, this leads to the great protector being released because when Wu is knocking down the wall that is keeping the soul suckers trapped in the mega soul circle. Part two of the fight is the best part, though, because Shang-Chi is besting Wu and actually gets the ring from him, and they glow just like when his mom had them. Again, the positive energy. Shang-Chi is a protector. He is trying to protect Talo, same way as the mom, but Wu is the aggressor, the dominator, which is why his doesn't go uh, glow gold. It just glows the regular boring ass. I don't even know what that is. Pink or purple? Is it blue? I don't know what that is, but it looked trash. Compared to when Shang-Chi has the rings. And that moment when Shang-Chi and um, Wen Wu, like, they actually have a little standoff with the rings holding them together. One of the coolest shots, one of the coolest shots that was definitely my uh, my profile picture on Twitter for like a couple of months. I love that pro- uh, that shot. Definitely cool. 
And I just thought it was, I thought it was real good. And he also spin when when Wu around, just like Mom Dukes does. And he looks at her just like he was looking at the uh, mom, which a little kind of weird, honestly. But I get what they were trying to do. But of course, Shang-Chi, or Shang-Chi, excuse me, I'm reading fast. Of course, Shang-Chi doesn't kill his pops because, come on, man, that's just not right. You can't have, you know, son killing a dad. I mean, it was the same shit on the lab, uh, last Airbender on Avatar. He was like, your brother, a brother killing his own brother. You know, history won't look back fond on that. Neither if his son, if a son kills the dad when he's talking about the uh, Fire Lord. So the Avatar had to do it because, come on, man, you can't kill your dad. It's just, it's just not a, it's not a good look, Tariq. It's not a good look, Tariq. I don't respect anyone killing their dad, but I'll still watch the show though. <laughs> so uh, yeah, man, I really love that shit. I really love it, and that's why it's number two. I really enjoy this uh, scene. Number one. Katie comes up clutch. Yes, Katie with the number one moment of Shang-Chi. Now, the Super Soul Sucker is released and is going on a rampage about to take the Great Protector's soul. Katie and Guangbo aim for the Soul Sucker's throat, but Guangbo is brutally murdered and it's all up to Katie. And she goes full Hawkeye hitting him right in the throat or hitting it right in the throat to free up the great protector and Shang-Chi now free from his grasp, puts the work in and gets the soul sucker the fuck up out of here. This scene so amazing. And it all starts because Katie had the courage of her convictions to let that arrow go. And yo, all she did was practice just that one day. And that was just enough. Hey, don't y'all sit here and tell me that she couldn't learn how to shoot a bow and arrow in a couple of hours. It can't be that hard. You just aim and let the damn thing go. So, and you got to think, these are dragon arrows. So they might just go where you need them to go. You never know, man. So I really loved it. And the whole part where Shang-Chi is holding Katie or holding up, Jaling and is like, no, I never let you go again. And then once all of this happens, and he goes super saiyan on the damn soul sucker and puts the rings into his stomach and just like turning them around like a goddamn wrist, like a uh what was them old I forget them damn old ass clocks where you turn them and they just start like ding ding, like make a little noise or whatever, but or make a song. But I really love that scene. And it's the best scene in the movie for me. Like, seriously, that little part is the best scene in the whole movie. I don't understand how could you not agree. But if you don't agree, you can always hit me up at the KC Network 702. Or, and that's uh, on Instagram and Twitter. Or you can leave a five-star rating and tell me if you agree or disagree on Apple Podcasts at Straight Outta Marvel. Um, so what do you guys think about my picks? 10 through 1. I really enjoy doing this, and I really like this format that I found, especially with me doing these by myself now because 
I don't know where Chris is at. Uh, I'm really enjoying doing these top tens as something to keep it grounded, keep it structured. And it's very fun for me. So what do you guys think? How do you feel about this new structure? And um, yo, show yo, more episodes gonna be coming. I'm not stopping this shit. We're gonna keep going. I don't know what movie to do next. That's the only thing I'm a little worried about because I don't know if I want to do Black Widow, if I want to go back to phase four or, or phase three, I mean, uh go back to the old school. I'm not sure yet, but uh if you got any ideas, man, KC Network 702, hit me up in the DMs or on the comments section. I'll always respond back, even if it's a day or two late, but I will respond back. Um, and please look up. I'll name this after show later because I'm doing Euphoria reactions and I'm also doing Peacemaker that will be coming. I just need I just need you guys support, man. I'm over here all alone now. I need your guys' support, uh, please. And um, I've been trying to find Marvel news for you guys, man, but it is scarce on the Marvel news. It is scarce. So one thing I did want to touch on was Moon Knight is the most liked Disney show plus trailer of all time, or at least for the Marvel ones. And let me go to it. Because you know I got the receipts, y'all. You know I got the receipts. So the teaser trailer has over 1 million likes. And in comparison, Hawkeye did 900,000. WandaVision, 760,000. And Loki was 695,000 likes. And that's um, on YouTube. So just something to look forward to. I don't know what that means. I don't know if that means that more people are excited for Moon Knight or if more people just want um, or if it's just, the you know, the more and more, you know, longer that Marvel is out, it's just more and more fans come. So you get more likes. I don't know what that means, but yo, congratulations to Moon Knight, man. You're number one. You're number one. You can never be mad over number one. So shout out to Moon Knight. Um, we got some deleted scenes. We got Hawkeye deleted scenes, and we actually seen a flashback to Eleanor Bishop after the Avengers Battle of New York talking to the Kingpin, and she's saying like, "Hey, I know my husband owed you a great, you know, deal of debt, and I'm gonna pay that, but I can't do this forever." And Kingpin is like, "Of, of course not," even though you know he's full of shit. It was good. I could see why they kept it out and why they deleted it. Maybe they could have let that be in an episode five. Or maybe episode six. But I get why they did it. They didn't, you know how Marvel does. They're trying to wait to give you the big reveal of Kingpin. I get it. Uh, I'm still a little disappointed in how they brought out Kingpin, though. That's just me. And they also it's like more scenes where he's talking to uh when he's talking to a uh, Echo and she's calling him uncle and shit like that. So you know how Marvel is with their deleted scenes, man. I'm like, bro, leave, let leave them deleted. If you're gonna show them to us, 
why you just didn't put it in a damn why didn't you just put it in the show especially these shows that are like 40 minutes some of them be like 37 like bro stop with the bullshit put them scenes in there I mean, I like Hawkeye, but uh, no. And uh, what was another one? Yeah, it's real scarce, you guys. Oh, and I'm not sure if this is a rumor or is it true, true. But um, apparently Secret Invasion is getting axed from this year along with What If. So, you know, Disney Plus Day. They said that we get Secret Invasion this year, along with Ms. Marvel and all of this shit. What if season two? Well, apparently they're canceling it, but it was on a website, uh, Marvel Japan. So I haven't seen any confirmation yet to say that Secret Invasion isn't going to come out this year. But I would be pretty bummed out if it didn't. Because we get Moon Knight. That's not until March 30th, so pretty much April. So you got to think. We're going, what, four months? Nearly four months without a Marvel show. And then you're going to give me Moon Knight. Pretty sure you're going to give me six episodes because Marvel hella lame for that shit. Give me six weak-ass episodes. And don't get me wrong. I like the episodes, but I just feel like it's a little lazy doing eight or six. At least give me eight. Six just seem so short it just it seems like a it's it's like a it seemed like a mini series and that's i don't really like that shit i feel like eight episodes is strong enough but you get two months with the show but a month and a half it's just it, it just doesn't cut it for me and you know how they might do because moon knight is such a new show they might release two episodes at once so I hope not, but it would be pretty whack. But uh, it would be whack if they cut Secret Invasion. Miss Marvel isn't coming out until June. So I don't understand why we can't get Secret Invasion sometime in October. Because you already know how you already know how that's going. You got um Moon Knight coming out in April, and then that's going to carry on until May. And then Miss Marvel coming out in June. That'll carry on until what? Middle of July? Maybe, maybe August, depending on the release date. So then you probably have to wait a couple months or something without Marvel content, especially depending on we don't know what's going on with the movies. We know it's 100 days until Doctor Strange comes out, but who knows? But, um, yeah, man, that's all the Marvel news I could find, to be honest. It's real dry out there, man. Marvel is taking a little break. I'm not mad at them. You got to get your breaks in. And I'm guessing, well, not guessing, it's uh, Star Wars' turn for Disney+. Plus. So you got Book of Boba Fett and all of that shit dropping. So I don't know. I think it's a. I think that's what's happening. We're just gonna have to wait for a little bit for the good shit because, I mean, yo, shout out to the Star Wars fans. But come on, man, y'all know, y'all know what's up. It's all about Marvel, baby. It's all about Marvel, baby. 
So uh, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode, though. I'm not going to keep on prolonging it. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Give me a five-star rating, please, if you can. It will be much appreciated. And please go follow I'll Name This After Show later. We got more shit dropping on that channel. And uh, thank you guys for coming out, man. It's really been great. Really good seeing a good uh, reception from the last couple of episodes by myself. So I really appreciate my beautiful Straight Outta Marvel listeners. You know, I do this for y'all, man. And I really appreciate y'all letting me come out and express my feelings towards these Marvel movies and shows. It's really fun. I'm really having fun with this shit. I just wouldn't know. I wouldn't know what to do without you guys, man. I'll never take having an audience for granted. And uh, with that being said, make sure you hit us up or hit me up at the KC Network 702 on Instagram and Twitter. And uh, I'm out. Believe until you make believers, y'all.